0: This is the TechEU Podcast, where we discuss some of the most interesting stories from the European tech scene. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasting fix these days. In this episode, TechEU founder Robin Vauter sits down with Shane Hapach,
1: CEO at (laughs) Molly. Hey, this is Robin Walters from Tech.eu, and I'm joined here remotely, of course, as per usual, uh, by Shane Hapak. He is the new CEO, I can still say, uh, of Mali, a uh, Netherlands-founded uh, uh, payments service provider, PSP, as they call it in the, in the jargon, I guess, of the industry. Uh, Shane, I could still call you the new CEO, right? Because you joined uh, about April?
0: Yes, uh, yeah, but in, in about seven months. So I'm, I'm new when it suits me, but I'm, I'm old when I have to be.
1: Right. And how's the, how were the first uh, seven months been?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously this it's a strange world that we're all inhabiting uh, over the course of this year. So it has been quite some ups and downs in terms of uh, whether our office is open. And obviously hiring so many people in this environment is an interesting task. Um, And I moved in March, so that was still, you know, that's sort of the height of the lockdown. So, but it's been great. I think we've had a fantastic year, another great year for digital commerce and small business. And, uh, you know, right, we're in the thick of our peak season right now. So it's super exciting time for people shopping online for the holidays.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks for taking the time uh, to join uh, for this interview, of course. Um, Shane, you are the CEO of Mali. Uh, for those people who don't know, in a nutshell, what is Mali?
0: Mali is a payment service provider, which basically means on the internet, we're the cash register on the internet. So every uh, everybody who checks out and buys anything online or in a physical shop makes use of a payment provider. Payment providers tend to cover geographies, use cases, payment types, some are in the physical world, some in the digital world. So Molly is focused on small business that trade online. Uh, We started in the Netherlands. We then expanded to Belgium, France and Germany, and then most recently to the UK. So sort of pan-European in focus uh, over the course of the next couple of years. And we provide all the tools for anyone to get up, uh, get started and get accepting payments in as little as
1: 15 minutes. Great. Well, that's a good nutshell there. Um, You joined uh, about seven months ago, but of course, you're not new to the industry. You've spent uh, more than 15 years in the business of payments, I would say. Uh, Previously, uh, over a decade uh, as an executive at WorldPay as well. Uh, What compelled you to join uh, Mali in the first place?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, everybody dreams, I think, of a a growth CEO job. That, for me, was always uh, something that was my personal career ambition. Uh, I had a great experience at WorldPay. We... Uh, we had become a very large business by the end. So 60,000 people listed in the US, uh, 90 billion market cap. And uh, I was kind of eager to get back to a flatter, smaller company where I could really see the impact day to day and just be a little bit more hands-on within the business. Also, I spent all 15 of those years, I spent really focused on large enterprise. So working with amazing companies, Uber, Netflix, Amazon, Google, all all these guys. Um, But I think what I saw in in that, in those jobs where that, uh, you know, everybody cuts off the service for the really big guys. And beneath that, you know, you have a really poor experience. If you're a small customer, we would occasionally say, oh, these businesses are too small for us to spend time on. So the little guys never really got any, uh, any leg up. And I, I liked Molly's mission-driven activity around just making life easier for small businesses. And I thought I could have something to contribute, but also something to learn.
1: Great. Uh, what else do we need to know about Mali? How many uh, merchants do you have? What kind of transaction volume are we talking? Uh, yeah, I think numbers. We'll,
0: we'll pass 20 billion euros in transaction volume this year. So still compounding quite rapidly. The company is growing uh, you know, high double digits and we've been hiring a lot. So you know, when I started, we were 250 people. I think we'll end this year closer to 600. Uh, we did a big round of fundraising over the summer. And the, the key purpose for raising those funds was to invest behind the product, the team, uh, expanding our office footprint. So really trying to deliver more for our customers because uh, you know, what we saw in the pandemic, you know, a huge kind of tailwind, a lot of companies shifting to an online first strategy, a lot of businesses selling online for the first time. So to keep up with that growth and to keep uh, the product evolving, and we really wanna put some uh, some euros in the ground and make that super successful. So we've got about 125,000 customers today, but we have more customers joining us all the time. And uh, you know some of our customers started small, but are kind of now drifting uh, into more of a medium-sized businesses. So that that also means that we need to evolve our service proposition from out of the box to something where we can also consult them and help them, you know, to uh, ultimately become really large, successful businesses.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to ask you what what does the typical customer look like, uh, and how do they sort of evolve with uh, with Molly over time?
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it. It depends. We have we get customers through various means. Some sign up on, on the website. Some come to us through a series of uh, technology partnerships that we have. So we try to be present in what we call the SMB ecosystem. So everybody who runs a business has a bank account. Usually has a tax software provider. You know, maybe has a a, a web hosting provider. So there's all sorts of integration points where having the the payments layer pre-embedded can really help companies uh, buy more simply and also get going more quickly. So we get a lot of customers through those partnerships and and through investment in that ecosystem, and we also call on some customers directly. So we look for businesses that sell on the internet that maybe don't have an optimal payment experience, maybe the checkout is a little clunky, maybe no one has approached them about how to build a better conversion for their end customers, or I mean maybe they're just not getting any service. So there's all sorts of switching reasons, and uh, and we try to make ourselves very easy to switch to. And to provide compelling reasons for companies to want to kind of grow along with us.
1: Yeah, uh, you sort of already alluded to this, but there are a lot of payment service uh, providers uh, around. Uh, there's the Stripes and adding closer to your home, uh, many, many more. Why do people pick Molly and why do they stay with Molly?
0: Yeah, everyone's buying reasons are always different, but I would say the one thing that never I'm fond of saying the one thing that never goes out of style is being easy to do business with. So being responsive and you know, being there for the customers. Um, uh, supporting them through all the phases of the onboarding journey, um, simplified kind of checkout. Really, our product is easy to use. It's intuitive. Most companies don't have a lot of time to spend on learning payments. They, they just need to get going and they need something that really works and, and works straight from the get-go. So there are a lot of great companies out there serving payments, uh, different use cases, right? You have a lot that are rooted in the physical world so they they tend to focus on physical stores first and foremost or you have other enterprise players so we would we we admire the adyen business a lot right but this is largely an enterprise focused company with big clients similar more similar to WorldPay than to molly and of course we cross over one another every now and again we win large customers they win small ones but the one uh, thing that most people agree on in payments is very hard to cover everyone everywhere for all things uh, so it's still quite a fragmented space. And uh, some of us are doing our best to maybe uh, emerge as the winners. Uh, so that's obviously the goal at, at Mali is to be in the winner's circle.
1: No, great. Uh, you've already said you're active in uh, more than uh, just the Netherlands, of course. Um, you also alluded to the fact that you've raised funding Big Series B in September uh, last year. $800 million worth of funding uh, in June, I believe, this year. Uh, so that's quite a lot of firepower. But still... Compared to a lot of the the big fintech funding rounds that we've seen in Europe and beyond, um, it feels like this is just the beginning still for for Molly. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I
0: certainly hope so, right? I mean, the payments mission, even after fifteen years, I'm still solving some problems that are stubborn, right? To to get to the top right box where you can really cover the whole world, all customers, all payment types, and the payment types evolve and they change. So uh, huge amounts of capital are coming into the space for many reasons, not least uh, the technology itself moves on and requires a lot of investment to stay current. Cybersecurity gets more expensive and more, you know, kind of challenging every year. You know, we're we're moving personal information around, we're moving financial information around regulation and compliance with regulation, uh, you know, cost capital, capital efficacy. So there's, there's loads of reasons why having money uh, is helpful to run a payments business, but we see our challenges extending out. Many many years. Uh, we're only in five countries now. We think that that's a good focus area for us to deliver really localized experience. Really really try to do a very good job in these parts of the world. But of course, we dream about being a, a global business. And you know, and looking at other companies, you already mentioned a company like Stripe. You know, that's an 11 year journey for them. We we see a journey, uh, a similar journey possible and available to us if if we play our cards right.
1: Yeah, great stuff, and we'll be watching very closely, of course. Uh, I wish we could say we're living in post-pandemic times. We're not there yet. Uh, under the assumption that we someday we will be living in post-pandemic times, how will that affect uh, your business or the business of of PSPs in general?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think payment processing has been an attractive business before the pandemic, during, and you know, presumably after. I think well, the big thing that changed over the course of the last couple of years was there's quite some displacement or digital displacement. So um most people walking around uh, down at the pub if if you put a quiz question to them you know what proportion of consumer spend is on the internet in 2021 you know most people think it's 30 50 40 or 50 um you know it's really more like 15 uh you know maybe you get to 20 in some of the more digital economies in Europe like the UK uh but on the continent where we largely operate it's somewhere between 10 and 15 right so I think you know, even in the post-pandemic life, there's still there's still quite a lot of consumer behavior, quite a lot of shift uh, and share available. You know, for those that are focusing on digital commerce, and every year a company moves a paper process to an online process. You know, paying parking tickets, applying for a driver's license. There's still so many things that are rooted in the physical world uh, that have an opportunity to be served in the digital world. So we see you know many many years of tailwind. Um, I think the one thing that you know, we're looking forward to is just we like to see more of our customers, you know, building a team and building a, a culture and you know, trying to deliver amazing results can be somewhat challenging when everybody's dispersed. So uh, trying to make use of you know, what we're learning about modern hiring and modern workplace, uh, I think everybody's far more proficient on video conference than they were 18 months ago. But I think for us, we're really looking forward to just the ability to kind of come back together again as a team and, and solve some of these problems uh, the old fashioned way on the whiteboard.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, you have some news to announce this week. Uh, you're opening a fintech center of excellence in Maastricht in the Netherlands. Now I've been to Maastricht; it's not that far a drive from Brussels, where I live and work. Um, but I have to say, I'm a bit surprised that this was chosen as as sort of the uh, place for you to set up a center of excellence. I would have assumed um, slightly more fintech-heavy places like London or, or or maybe even Paris or Berlin uh, would have been a topic for that instead it? Uh, why,
0: why, why that choice? Yeah, um, so, I mean, just to be clear, we also have people in the, in the offices that you mentioned, right? So, you know, we kind of run sales and marketing presences uh, everywhere that we try to attract and acquire customers. And we have partnership people. So we are in Paris, we're in Berlin. We're also in London and building out a team in London. Uh, but really, I mean, at heart, we're a Dutch company. So most of the people in the team uh, work in the Netherlands. And you know, Amsterdam is a small talent market. Um, you know, as we think about really scaling our company, we want to make sure that we can attract the widest possible uh talent pool. And that you know, we try to think a little bit differently. I mean, we're not the only ones in Amsterdam trying to recruit people. So there are dozens of companies uh creating, you know, quite some frenzy. And I think now that most people are um I think more in tune to you know whether or not they they really want to move to Another city, or or whether they feel like there should be some opportunities closer to home. And now that we're a little bit easier with connectivity and remote connectivity, and travel isn't such a big requirement for work, uh, we were quite happy to find something closer to home, um, and you know where we could put a big investment in the ground, you know, and where we could try to stand out as really a you know an employer of choice. Um, And we did a lot of soul searching, and we looked at a number of different cities. We needed access to language skills. We wanted to be close to universities. We wanted to be geographically close to our main footprint. And, uh, you know, we also didn't want to be doing what everybody else had done. So there's quite some engineering hubs popping up in Eindhoven, for example. But, you know, we really saw Maastricht as a a great uh, uh, foundation on which we can build our, our footprint.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, speaking of other offices, uh, there's also another way to do that. And that's, of course, by acquiring uh, existing companies. Um, you have a lot of money in the bank. You're fast growing. That puts you sort of in an excellent uh, position to do that sort of thing. Uh, is that also something that you foresee uh, effectively doing in terms of transaction in the next few months and years? Maybe It's
0: no, it's not plan A. Um, it's not. We have an organic build plan, and there's still quite a few ways in which we can invest the money in pursuit of, of building out our company organically. Um, you know, I would say strategic combinations, partnerships and MA are are quite common in our space. Uh, there's been a big acceleration in that over the past few years as people say, well, you know, do I get a time to market advantage or, you know, Is somebody else really building the product that I intend to build or, or you know, we're we chasing the same customer. Are there are other synergies here. So, you know, we, we're we're not close to it, but I would say, you know, we don't sit around thinking about uh, you know, who, who we should acquire and who we should bring into the family. We still have so much work to do just... Um, just building out our existing suite of solutions.
1: Great. If everything, but literally everything goes according to plan, uh, where is Molly going to be at the end of next year, say 12 months from now?
0: Yeah, to- so 12 months from now, we'll, uh, we, sh- we should be about 850 people, 850, 900, depending on hiring. Um, you know, we will have built out a big um, engineering presence in Lisbon. So you'll see from an engineering perspective, we should hopefully see quite some critical mass in our newest uh, hub in Portugal. Uh, the office in Maastricht should also be 150 people. So, you know, I think from a footprint perspective, we will be more diversified than we are today, where most of the team is in Amsterdam. Uh, from a kind of product and geography uh, perspective, you know, we're going to focus really heavily next year on our what we call our, our core geographies before we'd look to expand further. So, we're just getting going in the UK. We'd really like to see some meaningful traction there, uh, but also Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, and France. You know, we 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 need to see. Quite some growth there to uh, to continue to grow off the bigger base every year, and you know delight our investors uh, and our customers with you know the ability to reinvest the benefits of that growth into a product which next year will include financial services. So we're looking at working capital for businesses and also expense solutions, uh, but really continue to build out the core payments product to feature things like installment payments in the Netherlands, uh, you know more and more alternative payment types uh, in and around the German market. Uh, And just in general, you know, take the feedback from our customers about what they need to be doing.
1: Makes sense. A slightly broader question uh, to wrap things up. Uh, You're American. uh, You spent most of your career at at big corporations. Um, What's your opinion on sort of the European and maybe even the Dutch uh, startup and scale up ecosystem? Uh, Now you've joined Mali seven months ago yeah i
0: mean i'm american born but i've got a british passport and i've lived 20 years in europe most of my adult life actually so i'm kind of a crossover um and World started as a british business before it ultimately became a u.s business so Um, And it's my second time living in Holland. So I'd see a reasonable degree of exposure. I think, look, it's very exciting. Um, I think a lot of people are alive to the opportunity in Europe when it was previously maybe uh, overlooked over the course of the past few years. So you see quite a few really robust challengers now coming out of, of Europe in the fintech space, companies like Klarna and Revolut. I mean, these are big, powerful businesses that are, you know, very uh, European DNA. So I think it's very interesting for us to be mentioned uh, along with some of those names. We have a huge ambition ahead of us and we're quite proudly European, right? We've said we, we don't really intend to, uh, to tackle the U.S. market in, in the meaningfully in the near future. We'd really like to stay focused on our core geography. And I think, you know, Europe has an opportunity to lead the way in some respects in terms of uh, evolution of payments, whether that's, you know, the standards for AML and KYC, but also really promoting competition and costs are a lot lower in Europe for payment acceptance and things like open banking and bank account to account payments and some of the really interesting developments in our space that might really meaningfully change the way that people pay. Uh, have a very good chance of, of gaining traction in Europe ahead of some other parts of the world. It's a super interesting place to be based. Uh, you know, my, my family's quite happy to be here. We're not going anywhere. So uh, you know, it's our job to now build a real challenger out of the business that we've inherited.
1: Great answer. I'm going to wrap things up and maybe a final, final question building on the previous one. Uh, How competitive is the war for talent that everybody's talking about in in the tech scale world? How how competitive is over there? Uh, Both sort of from a geographic standpoint in Amsterdam, maybe the Netherlands, but also in the payments industry? How tough is that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I would say, you know, if, you, if you're clear about what your company stands for and about what you would have people work on, that's obviously the easiest way to attract people because people definitely have choices. We're not the only ones that have raised money. We're not the only ones in the payments game. We're not the only ones in the payments game in Amsterdam, right? So uh, sticking out and standing out for us is very much about painting the company as uh, having a great mission, a really solid strategic plan being a good place to work, a company that really understands a little bit about you know uh, what we're all going through in, the, in this modern employment space. We offer people some flexibility where required, but we also offer people an opportunity to kind of be, be a part of a meaningful team and uh, you know really make it fun, right? It's fun to deliver stuff. And uh, that obviously stands out in terms of when people think about uh, where they might take their next job opportunity. I think for us, it's also important to be in multiple locations. Um, Amsterdam is, is a phenomenal place to do business, and people have figured that out. So, And there's still only 800,000 people living here. So you know, a lot of big tech heavyweights have, have moved in and recruited. And a lot of the companies that you know, weren't aggressively recruiting in the pandemic, you know, Ubers and the bookings of the world, they're kind of now planning to, to uh, return to prominence. So it's competitive, but uh, we'd like to think that we've got a really great brand, a great product great group of people and you know a modestly a great leader of the business so hopefully that encourages people to apply and figure out what we're all about
1: yeah great answer once again Uh, shane thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your uh, insights and the news with us Uh, best of luck to you and molly Uh, looking forward to seeing the the next uh, let's say 10 years of the journey
0: fantastic thank you very much for the time And that's it for today's show thanks for listening if you like our show follow us today wherever you listen to podcasts and if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show please do that as well your questions suggestions and opinions are very welcome please send them to podcast at and they will most certainly be ignored